Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Elliot Axelman for a special additional episode of our podcast and video show. It is March 10th, Thursday evening. We have two incredible statesmen, legislators, Representative Mike Silvia and Matt Santonastasso. Matt and Mike, thank you very much for being with us. Pleasure to be here. Yep, thank you. Today was the House vote, the full House voted on CACR 32. Briefly, for those who do not yet know anything about it, can um, Mike, can you explain what CACR 32 was? And then we'll go from there. Sure. It uh, is a constitutional amendment to declare independence for New Hampshire. Uh, pretty simple. Uh, adds on to our uh, Constitution, Part 1st, Article 7, which tells us we are a sovereign state. Uh, but apparently that's not good enough. So we uh, went a little step further and said... Uh, we will be uh, declaring ourselves uh, independent and uh, breaking away from D.C. Excellent. And being a CACR, this type of legislation would have to pass the House with 60 percent, the Senate with 60 percent, and then it would go onto the ballot in November, where it would need two-thirds of the people to vote on it in favor of the measure in order for it to go into effect, um, just to clarify for those who aren't exactly where it works. Um, what would compel someone to do something so crazy as proposing legislation that would allow people to vote? on leaving the union? Well, certainly uh, it starts with the uh, constituents that uh, want it. And uh, that's where I started. And prior to this, I was uh, not uh, particularly fond of the idea of uh, uh, secession. But uh, over the past year, uh, we've seen the tyranny come on uh, strong. Uh, the folks up in Canada now are getting it uh, uh, good and hard. Um, it's unfortunate for them, but uh, certainly uh, we are, uh, you know, a nation of independent states, and the federal government, the, the folks down in D.C., uh, totally disregard the Constitution. So uh, we need, uh, since we can't seem to get D.C. to follow the Constitution, um, perhaps we just need to separate ourselves from them. Yeah. And Matt, some of the representatives today during the, the debate on CACR 32 mentioned that if we leave the union, everyone in New Hampshire would starve to death and die because we wouldn't know how to survive without DC politicians. How could you answer such an amazing argument saying that we would starve to death and pretty much die because we couldn't run our lives without DC? You don't think we'd all die immediately and, and not be able to run our lives properly if we were to work for DC? Well, uh... The federal government's really a parasite on New Hampshire. We uh, send a lot more money to them than, than we receive back in grants and things like this. And, and uh, when we do receive grant money back, it's, you know, uh, with strings attached, with grant insurances and things like this. So uh, we would definitely be more prosperous without the federal government than we are now. I would have to agree. And um, it's not in the taxes, I think. Even bigger than the savings on taxes, obviously, we send them. Someone else just said, I heard some representative or someone said, we get um, a third of our budget or two or three billion dollars a year from the feds. And I'm like, yes, we send them, I think, 15 billion. They send back a few billion. Um, so it's like a, a tax return. If you send the government $80,000 in taxes, if they give you back a thousand, someone would say, without that thousand dollars, you would starve to death. It really doesn't make sense. But even more than the taxes, I think the bigger reason we'd be more prosperous if we left the union is regulations. Federal regulations cost the economy two trillion dollars. That was in 2014, so probably a lot more, maybe five or ten trillion dollars. Trillion with a T. 
um, you know, across the economy, federal regulations. So without those, you would be infinitely more prosperous. Who knows how many billions of times more prosperous? Yeah, definitely. And um, what were some of the other objections that we heard today from the representatives who didn't support independence? What were, were any of them? I know none of them had any validity. Um, and I know that they're all so willing and eager to have a public debate with us, of course. They're all, you know, chomping at the bit to have a public debate about this, of course. I'm only joking because not a single representative who opposes independence has agreed to debate me or anyone else on the issue. They, they hide behind their microphones and they talk from the well and, and in the committees and, and they're afraid. Not a single one of them is willing to have a debate publicly, one-on-one -on -one debate about independence. So if they oppose it strongly, I don't know why they would feel confident with the debate. But what are some of the others or some of your favorites, whatever you think are the best or worst? Arguments against the today. Well, uh, they didn't. They don't really have an argument. They just uh, kind of have this fear mongering thing and this appeal to emotion. Uh, they're basically uh, telling us that, you know, we're going to get removed from office or have some sort of uh, treason charges brought upon us if if we support this kind of thing, um, which is not going to happen. Uh, and then you know, appeal to emotion. So, just that, that's all they have. There's, I didn't really hear any uh, argument for staying in the union. Yeah, I didn't hear any arguments for it either, just some emotional stuff and saying soldiers died for um, died for the union, which is not true. They died for freedom, they didn't die for tyranny. So it would be on our side, of course. But Mike, I'm glad that you mentioned in your PI the, the perfect answers to those saying this is treason. And like the Chase has been saying, threatening legislators, if you even consider voting for this, it's treason, we'll throw you out of office and maybe throw you in prison with the January 6th peaceful protesters. And you had, you had a great answer for it during your PI. Right. So, uh, you know, the committee report was uh, basically he had uh, three kind of arguments saying that uh, we couldn't do this because uh, he had this very bizarre twisted idea of the 10th Amendment uh, saying that because uh, we didn't restrict them from stopping us from secession that we couldn't do it because it, it was just bizarre it, very twisted obviously if it's if it's not spelled out in the constitution as a right that is granted to the federal government then it is reserved to the state and there is no mention of secession or as i put it in my pi peaceful uh separation so that argument was ridiculous. Uh, then there was the, uh, you know, the, the Civil War settled it was uh, the second argument in this uh, majority report. And of course, um, the Civil War was was started by uh, an act of war, uh, depending on, you know, how, how you read your history and who started what and how that all went down. Either way, you know, that was that was a move that was uh, a violent um uh, insurrection or rebellion or uh, an act of, uh, of war. Um, so I made very clear in my PI that, uh, you know, nothing we have done is uh, at all violent. Uh, insurrection requires violence. Rebellion requires violence. The nonsense that went on down in DC on January 6th that they want to call insurrection, uh, that's, you know, that's a stretch. Uh, obviously, there was some violence, but uh, for the amount of people there and a mob uh, looked nothing like the, uh, the the street scenes of uh, Minneapolis. Uh, so and to say that a war settled an issue is literally the same as saying might makes right. Is it not? Right. Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. You know, you stay and, you know, Matt covered that in his speech. 
And then, so the, uh, what was the uh, third argument that he had on uh, uh, the reason that we couldn't secede? Um, he said it's unconstitutional. He said Texas v. White. Um, and I don't know what else he said. He, he did not have any good points at all. Um, yeah, but, there was no good points. But then, uh, so, you know, half of the uh, committee report, and it was quite long and, and not, you know, easy enough to pick apart. Uh, but then the second half of it was all about uh, threatening those who uh, sponsored this bill, uh, anyone that would vote for this bill, uh, saying that uh, we should be, uh, they should uh, employ the uh, 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which uh, talks about treason and uh, losing our voting rights and that sort of things, or even throwing us out. You know, he, in one point, he says, uh, you know, the, the legislature is going to have to address these people and the federal government should look at these people and, and just for voting on this. So this was very uh, chilling for people who, are, you know, uh, are not um, of, the, of the mind of uh, the need the strong need to stick to our principles and get back to this constitution. I know a lot of people on the you know, anarchist side don't want to talk about uh, the constitution and, and how it's failed. And uh, I don't know, I guess, uh, I guess I, I'm, I'm a true believer, but uh, uh, you know, if we're going to have that constitution, we should really stick to it. Yeah. And Matt, how do you feel about the people who kind of talk out of both sides of their mouths when they say, this is not constitutional. We have to strictly adhere to the constitution, but at the same time, they never seem to address the infinite violations of the U.S. Constitution by DC politicians. Well, uh, the thing is, it's just staying part of the, the union is status quo. So they just can't imagine separating. Uh, they don't. They don't really have an argument as far as it being a violation of the constitution. It's just something they're coming up with because they can't imagine separating. They just can't even consider it. So they have to come up with something. So the, the fact that it's non-consistent is, is just because they just don't have an argument. They, they don't have anything to be consistent to. And I'm glad that one of you mentioned in your speech that I think Matt was, was in your full speech that you gave. That was awesome. And it hit almost every single important point that there is about independence. You mentioned that um, if the Constitution were a contract, then you know, as per contract law, which is kind of the universal tenant of contract law throughout this universe, at least, that if one party violates it willfully and you know shows no signs of uh, um, fixing fixing it in any sense or, or making it right, they keep violating it on purpose. The other side can void the contract in one way, and the U.S. government is violating the Constitution. They're violating the first, second, fourth, fifth amendments, ninth and tenth, and fourteenth and many others. So even if it is a contract. You would have to break it off at that point and let us leave. And I was just looking at the uh, the uh, third point that he made was, uh, <laughs> and this was really ridiculous: uh, the perpetual union. <laughs> so the Articles of Confederation declare us a a, a perpetual union. Uh, in the Articles of Confederation, are aware exactly now, uh, dustbin of history and. Uh, Perpetually, I suppose. <laughs> the Articles of Confederation also created a super tiny weak central government. So if you want to go back to the Articles of Confederation, I'm game. So we can do that. Yeah. You yeah. have to get rid of 400 federal agencies. But the... Uh, uh, go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just going to add, uh, you know, I, 
a lot of people point out that when they wrote perpetual union in the Articles of Confederation, they just meant uh, without expiration or that it shall be this way until acted on. So they, they weren't saying that this shall be perpetual forever. They were just saying, you know, it, it, today the, the language we would use is without expiration date or something like that. Indefinite. Yeah, indefinite means it, it's an effect with no, with no specific expiration, but could be broken off. All marriages are indefinite. It doesn't end after a year, a term of one year, because you've been married over a year, it doesn't end. It only ends if somebody makes a very um, willful, deliberate act of divorce. But about perpetual union, I wish somebody would ask one of these state reps. And again, we've tried many times, and two of them to my face have said they don't want to debate, and the others have ignored my many, many um, requests to debate. Ask them, is there, you say it's perpetual, we can never leave. And you no, know, we spoke about this in the hearing. Is there nothing the federal government can do, DC politicians, if they start shooting Jews or lynching blacks, is there nothing that would make you want to leave DC politicians? And I've asked you know, people about, about other, not just national wars, about the wars with their lives. Is there nothing to do? I know you don't want to think about leaving your wife, but if she started, if she were impregnated by 800 men, and then she started shooting random kids in the street, you would probably divorce her, right? There's a line at which I would even say my wife I love, if she started murdering people in the street discriminately, I would divorce her, right? You can say there's a certain line. When you ask people about DC politicians, they will not answer the question. I've asked many state reps, have, have you gotten any answer about if they take our guns, we'll leave, or if they if they increase taxes or debt hits 35 trillion, we'll leave. Have you gotten any clear answers on what is the line in the sand? I think it's like the frog boiling in the pot analogy. Uh, the line's been crossed um, a long time ago, but because it comes, it's a slow creep, uh, people can kind of put it off. Yep. You, t you tolerate it until you become Canada and and have a government that is that oppressive. And, you know, how far, how far away is that? The next time they come around with the next pandemic, the next bug that they're going to, and you know, it's coming, you know, uh, Corona was just the, the training round. We had the bird flu before that. They are, they are coming. Uh, the dollar is falling apart. Um, is that you've got this World Economic Forum looking at uh, resetting things. Uh, the UN is looking at a treaty on pandemics. Um, it's it's all coming. They're just putting it together. Uh, and the increases in, in the tyranny, like Matt said, they're slow and gradual. I agree they're gradual, but nowadays they're not even that slow anymore. The, the way they're increasing the debt, increasing taxes, the laws, regulations, overall the tyranny, especially the Corona fascism, the surveillance state, the police state. I, I don't even think it's that slow anymore. I mean, in the last few months, all, all they've done for Corona fascism, and you know, they want to uh, tie everyone down and force vaccinate them and mask them and everything. But also some of the bills that were passed in Congress, they rarely pass bills, with actual laws, it's usually regulations. But when they do pass bills, it's almost all bad. One of the big omnibus packages that spent trillions, I think, in the last few months, made it mandatory for all cars sold in the United States by 2026 to have um, mandatory perpetual monitoring for distracted driving, or you know whatever the term was, um, for impaired driving, and a kill switch that the government can access, kill switch your car if you're not behaving because you're a bad boy, like Mike or Matt or Ali, so they can kill switch it, the police in an instant, because I'm sure that would never be abused. So some of these laws that people don't even realize are happening, or just the rest of the due process, which I'm finishing up the book about how we don't have due process in the union, and the best way to get it back is probably succession again. To be honest, so many of these things people don't get realized, but yeah, I think it's pretty fast actually the gradual increase in tyranny. 
right? And uh, you know, the, the the next stage of their their storyline here is this uh, Ukraine thing. Um, horrible as it is, uh, the, the the Congress by the Constitution is supposed to declare war. We're over there causing trouble, and nobody has declared war, and they don't have the nerve to do it. They've gotten away with this for so long, they don't care. And they talk about all the soldiers that go off and fight these wars and are killed. The least they can do is have the courage to declare war, not just send them over there at, at the whim of, of Mr. Potato Head. Mm -hmm. So going forward and looking to next year, because the next filing period is going to be after elections and November, December, I guess, right around December is the filing period for legislation for the, the next term for you know the winter and then 2023. What would you say we should work on as far as outreach? Because obviously me personally and, and with my various organizations, we're going to be speaking and educating voters about a lot of these issues that they don't realize are federal issues. A lot of people think, oh, my local Manchester police does a sobriety checkpoint. That's Manchester police. Yes, it's not. It's federally funded, federally controlled, and federally influenced and coerced and regulated. And they're using federal equipment and federal dollars and the Bearcats and the, the drones are actually given to them by the federal government. Um, so that's just one example. But how, what would you, both of you say about how the best way to go about educating voters? Does it depend if they're more conservative, libertarian, or progressive or centrist? Well, I'll, uh, I'll jump in and uh, let me just uh, read you this very brief uh, Constitution, Part 1st, Article 7. State sovereignty, it says. The people of this state have the sole and exclusive right of governing themselves as a free, sovereign, and independent state. And do, and forever hereafter shall, exercise and enjoy every power, jurisdiction, and right pertaining thereto, which is not or may not hereafter be by them expressly delegated to the United States of America in Congress assembled. I think that our next attempt should look at that uh, piece of our Constitution, compare that to the criminals in D.C., uh, and whether it's a House resolution or um, something like the, uh, it's been, been brought up before, the uh, Kentucky and Virginia resolutions. Uh, that's what we're talking about. This is, this is the stuff we need to, to put on record, the violations. And, you know, it won't be so scary as a constitutional amendment because we don't really need the constitutional amendment. We've already got a perfectly good uh, constitution. Let's follow this one and let's make sure the criminals in DC follow theirs. Excellent. Matt, did you want to make a comment on that as well? Uh, well, I'll just say as far as educating voters and stuff, um, a lot of people in uh, my district, you know, it never occurred to them that we could even talk about secession. And uh, they, you know, once they heard the idea, they thought it was, you know, a good idea. It was a great idea and all this. Uh, they just never even thought about it. So now that we've kind of uh, started talking about it. Uh, I think, you know, we'll be able to educate people on this kind of thing. Yeah. And that, that's a great point. People every day, more people are learning about this. And if you look online or even in person, people are starting to learn about it and to hear about it. It's on the news. And I think WMUR, which is ABC, the local affiliate was there in the state house recording and obviously freeking.com, libertyblock.com, nhexit.us, nhexit.com, and a lot of others were, were recording and reporting on this. Okay, excellent. I know you have a, a hard stop in a few minutes. Either of you guys have any final words, anything else you want to say at all? 
Hey, I'll say, uh, look, the uh, the motivation and the the people that turned out for the uh, the hearing uh, filled that hearing room. Uh, we didn't push it over to Rips Hall, but uh, we certainly packed uh, that room. So uh, I, I want to you know tip my hat to the folks that are really behind this. The, the folks you know like yourself, Alu and uh, Ian. A um, lot of lot of good folks were were pushing this, and you know that's that's what it takes. Uh, yeah, like ninety five words. Uh, definitely mirror that and say that that's why it was so important to deliver a speech today because of the work everyone put in, you know, it was uh, for their efforts and those things like that. Excellent. Do you, do you guys have any advice for, for me or for others who would love to debate or any legislator who wants to have a debate? How is there any strategy to get the other side, the anti-independence, anti-freedom people? Is there any way to get them to agree to a public one-on-one -on -one debate? Well, we uh, we have campaign season every two years, so we've got one coming up. And if they want to go around campaigning, they should probably uh, answer the question. So, with the folks out there that showed up for this hearing, they should uh, follow the uh, the motions of their would be legislators and ask the question. That's a great point. All right, thank you so much. Where can people find out more about you if you guys have websites to plug or anything like that or contact info? Hey, I've got uh, mikesylvia.org. And uh, I've got a blog post up there about uh, this uh, particular uh, action here. Excellent. Matt, you have a website or contact info you want to give out? Uh, yeah, CheshireLiberty.com. And then uh, I just recently joined Twitter. So that's Santanastaso underscore NH. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, guys. You guys are my heroes. Keep up the good work. You're phenomenal. We all have your back. Tons of people in the Liberty Movement have your back. So thank you so much. And I'll talk to you Great. guys soon. Thank you, Alu. Thank you.